We're ready to roll. I'm using a new soap. You're using a new soap? I've been on a new soap kick. All right. You like the new soap? I guess this could, this could be an OG moment, huh? <laughs> yes, it's kind of an OG <laughs> moment. Good way to get things started after being away for a little while. Absolutely. What kind of soap are you using now? I'm using Harry's soap. Oh, not Coast, the eye opener? No Coast, no Ivory, no Dial, uh, no Irish Spring. Hey now, don't go on the Irish Spring. <laughs> All right. Now I'm using the, the, the body wash that's in a giant bottle from Harry's. All right. It smells like sandalwood, so I'm, I, I smell manly. <laughs> great big pile of wood. Here it is. Around. Yep. All right. Yeah, like cedar went, chips and all that. I went, or uh, for Christmas, I got a bar of stout soap. Like beer? Yeah. Awesome. And so I smell like a bar. Outstanding. Uh, all the time. And it's got these little, little, um, well, they're, they're like pebbles <laughs> that are into the bar of soap. So as you wash, it's supposed to like loofah you or... Oh, or, exfoliate. Yes, that. Okay. Yes, I always think of, honey, will you loofah my stretch marks? <laughs> anyway, so... Uh, <laughs> Was that a Caddyshack moment? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so it's got these little seeds, but I'm about out of the bar. Uh -oh. And when we were away last week, I'm like, oh... This is going to be my new thing when I go somewhere because I don't need anything. This is, I like, I'm, uh, I don't need, anyway, uh, I'm going to start looking for interesting soap. Okay. We have a lot of soap that my mom has brought us from places and it all smells like an old lady's house. Not good. Yeah. Like this really hectic floral, uh, Re yeah, really hectic floral thing. Why yeah, are you, why are you flashing? The no, no, I'm not. Thing? I'm not flashing anything. Um, the double phone thing. No, no, it's no, don't the, the whole double phone thing. Okay. Uh, okay, so you just referenced while we were gone last Re week. Let's let's recap real quick. Yes, we've actually been gone for three weeks. We have been gone. There was two weeks worth of family stuff for Easter, and then uh, last week, technically, which would have been the weekend of your birthday and the 18th of April, uh, it was your birthday. On the 17th? Yes. And that would be the main reason why we weren't here. That's um, correct. Because you were out uh, gallivanting up and down the West Coast, and I'm loving that because I love it when you take road trips, you share great photos, your mm -hmm. wife shares great photos, and it's just, it's fun to see you guys, to me, in your element. I, I dig it normally, but right now traveling kind of sucks. Oh. It, it's really hard. Like going over the hill for a weekend to California. Mm-hmm. They're not open yet. California they're, is still not open. They're not ready. The The neat restaurants that have the view, because we went to Bodega Bay. I had to look up where Bodega Bay was. I had no idea where it was. And? It just sounded cool, and I'd heard of it. And it goes all the way back to, that's where they filmed The Birds. Oh, uh, wow. With Alfred Hitchcock. Yeah, yeah. And, of course, they still have things there about the movie, you know, from like 60 years ago. But... Um, that happens. They get stuck in a moment. And there are parts of that place that are stuck in 1962. But uh, um, to go find the cool restaurant that's sitting out on the water or something like that. Sure. They're, they're not open. They're not ready. Wow. They, and it's, it's one thing to say, yeah, we're open. Mm -hmm. It's another thing to staff up and have those people walk in the door that are qualified to serve your people and serve your clientele and okay. that you're comfortable with. And I've seen this now, we've, we've done a couple of different little trips or bigger trips or whatever, mm -hmm. and so much of the world isn't ready for people to be traveling. And I am so fortunate that I am now 
two weeks since my second shot, mm -hmm. and I feel like, okay, I can go into bars and restaurants and travel, and I'm safe. And my daughter got her second shot today, and our house is inoculated. So That's, we're pretty excited. And the, you're inoculated. We're yeah. like, all right, let's go see the world again. Yeah. But the world's not ready to see us. Well, uh, that's okay. The, I mean, I, I guess it will be. But right now, it's just a little frustrating. We're a step up on that, and and so um, working for the Reno Aces because I'm the team's MC. Yeah. Um, I reached out to the team and said, hey, you know, is this? Uh, are we going to need our shot uh, um, in order to come to work? And they wrote back. They said, we don't necessarily know if it's going to be needed. Uh, we haven't heard anything from up top. In other words, haven't heard anything from major leagues. But in the event that, uh, you know, if we do, um, that's going to be on a case-by-case -case basis. And I just thought, you know what, I'm going to knock it out just in case. If we do, then I'll have it done. And if we don't, you know, and then about three weeks after my, my inquiry, not only did I already have my first shot done, but I received a message from one of my supervisors in the area where I work, and he said, "Hey, uh, so a bunch of us from the stadium, we're all going to get we're all going to get our shots. Uh, you can also sign up too." And so I sent him the vaccination card, my first one. <laughs> I'm like, Marty, step ahead of you, bro. Way ahead of you. Yeah, <laughs> and and you're out. You're you're part of your world. And this is something else I wanted to bring up. And we have a technical thing that I have to fix because okay. I'm I'm worried. Oh, there you go. All right. Okay. Uh, the technical thing would be the microphone uh, was on one lapel and it may not have been capturing all of the audio. So now it's on another lapel and it may be capturing too much audio. So we'll, yeah, well see. I, I was worried that everything was going to sound like this, which will not sound good when we listen to this later. So, <laughs> um, but that goes to my next point, which is you and I do not exist in a world that is nine to five. Correct. We haven't almost ever. I mean, you've you, almost you, I, I was going to say since we've known each other. Right. And that's 31 years. I, I have had jobs. I worked at Channel 8 selling advertising. Mm -hmm. I worked for a guy who insisted on being a nine to five human, even if it was a holiday, because he didn't believe in holidays. He Odd. Was that program. Okay. And nothing against that program. It just meant we had to show up on holidays. All right. Because he didn't believe in the holidays. Everybody else in the world did. Hmm. Yeah. So he was literally... Uh, nine to five, and I played in a golf tournament when I first started. Hey, we have a visitor. We do. We have a uh, cat. So uh, I played in a golf tournament when I first started, and I had to like make up sales calls that I was on while I was at this tournament. I was playing in the North Nevada Amateur at Montreux. Good lord! And I'm like, oh yeah, I'm calling on so and so and so and so in Carson City. I'll be back tomorrow. And no, I was playing bad golf in this tournament. Wow. Hi. That's uh, yeah, playing bad golf. It's definitely not but, for you. No, it was frustrating. But uh, he wanted me to be, and I and I realized in about three years of being a grown up, I'm not good at this. Mm -hmm. I I have to work when I work, and my head works at different times. And sometimes you're the same way. Yeah, something gets you in the middle of the night, and you get up and you get it done. And fortunately, in modern technology, we can do that at home. Absolutely, and that's that's a big advantage to our credit, especially being tech savvy with with the equipment that we have, and the the ability to be able to just you know knock something out digitally or whatever that that it is that we do, um, in the time frame that is you know whether it's right there or first thing when you wake up or whatever. Just this podcast, perfect example. Back in the day, we. Head into a studio. Yep. Throw on a couple of mics, get a reel to reel rolling, and away we went. Absolutely. And we would cut and splice that bad boy up until there's nothing left. Well, <laughs> that and or 
that's not necessary anymore. No, and there's that, or there was also, um, you know, as, as uh, real to real faded out and computers came in, right. but we still would have would have had to be in the studio. Real to real turned into a DAT machine, and a DAT machine turned into yes. mini discs and mini discs. I mean, the, yeah, we've talked about anal the, the all the antiquated equipment that have been around us, but the point is, we can do our jobs anything but nine to five. Yeah, and our jobs. Aren't like if somebody was to say, fill out this application and tell people what you've been doing. Oh. That's weird. Right. It's like an impossible thing. That <laughs> both was the both of us snapping at my cat that has decided to stretch and reach to the top of the pool table to stretch. <laughs> yes. I have a cat that's that tall. Um, oh man. But it, and I'm just thinking the same thing. Like if. I was to apply for a job, and mm -hmm. I, I don't see that happening. I have no idea what I would say that I have been doing for the past quarter century. And it's super bizarre, in, <laughs> especially in, in the in the in the realm that both of us are, because you between you and TV and me and radio, right. it, especially in the last twenty five years, and and radio not so much for me in the last eight and almost nine months now, but it's more so just that's going back to fill out this application and do like I look at look at applications now. Sometimes, you know, someone will say, hey, uh, this company is looking for somebody. Here's where you apply. And I'm like, uh, um, oh, no. <laughs> what do I say? Because right. it just because there's so many blanks. Yeah, it's like I don't fit in the boxes that you're asking me to check off. Yeah, and it's really frustrating. And I and I was telling you the story before we got started. This guy was saying, "Well, when I was your age, I had a nine to five job, and yeah, I didn't play golf four days a week. Well, I don't play golf four days a week. I play golf around when I get my other work done. Yeah. And sometimes, like today, we record these on Sundays. I was working all day today. Well, and and, and weather notwithstanding, I mean, <laughs> the, yeah, the twenty mile an hour. <laughs> yeah, that was kind of part of it. That's also back why we're in Studio B and not doing this back outside. Yeah. Because yeah, it's blowing a hoolie outside. A hoolie? Oh. Yeah. I, I like that. Yes. Um. <laughs> Not to be confused with a howley, which is what, uh, for my, what I gather, um, according to Gabriel Iglesias, that's how Hawaiians refer to uh, people, mainlanders. They refer to them as howleys. <laughs> That would be wildly inappropriate, wouldn't it? I'm no, no. I'm just saying you have to Google the the reason or right. go watch the Gabriel Iglesias clip okay. and and find out why mainlanders are referred to as howleys. Oh yes. Oh okay. That's there's a lot of different movies that were refer to that. I mean, forgetting Sarah Marshall, they talked about howleys. Oh, they did. No. Okay. <laughs> so, uh, but but it goes like I said we. We're constantly working. Your yeah. your version of work is so much different than what an accountant saw as in a version of a version of work mm -hmm. in 1986. Yes, sitting at a desk, going over spreadsheets, going over um, profit and loss statements, and filling in the blanks. Whereas you can get on your phone and make a post for one of your clients because something just came up that you want to get out there Correct. or add some media to their existence or something along those lines. You don't have to be in an office to do that. It doesn't matter the time of day to make that happen. You, it's so different than it ever used to be for the generation before us. I'm going to give you a lot of credit on something because you have been instrumental in um, helping me learn 
in, in, in kind of pushing me in a, in a way that you didn't know that you were pushing me, <laughs> but to learn um, editing, uh, editing, soft, editing software and stuff. Oh. So there is, a, there, there is one um, called Final Cut Pro that's or whatever. What I was just showing you. And I was yeah. looking at that on the computer. I was like, wow, that looks, that's kind of daunting. It's going to take a minute to, to figure that out. But other things through <laughs> other editing things that I have, uh, apps and, and stuff on my right. computer, like I'm, you know, I, I'm, I'm, I'm not quite near you in the editing well, aspect, but I am getting up there. Yeah, I've been doing it a long time. I do. Yeah. I mean, Final Cut, I was in the previous iteration. Now, the newer one that came out 10 years ago, mm -hmm. I've been on since it came out wow. and watched it grow and get better and now actually be a professional piece of software. Whereas in the beginning, they're like, hey, look, here's the two movies that mm -hmm. uh, we edited. The first one was uh, Focus okay. with uh, uh, Will Smith. Okay. And Oh, wow. Um, and what's her face? The Birds of Prey and whatnot. Uh, Birds of Prey. Uh, oh, oh, Blonde. Um, Margot Robbie. Margot Robbie. Yeah, that was like the first big movie that was edited on Final Cut Pro. They Interesting. Made a huge deal about that. Huh. And then the one with, uh, oh, what's her face? Saturday, Saturday Night Live and um, Maya Rudolph. Thirty Rock. No, Thirty Rock. Oh, Tina Fey. Tina Fey did a thing that was a. WTF or something like that. Okay. Um, was Trying the name of the movie in short, like if you knew, uh, Whiskey Tango Fox. Oh, or something oh, like oh that. yeah. That was the other big movie that they put on Final Cut and they made a big deal. Well, now lots of movies are being done on Final Cut and that's Interesting. where the world goes. But yeah, because it's a lot more professional than it once was. I know the first movie to be financed with credit cards was Clerks. Ah. That's fun. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I thought it was the zombie zombie movie. Shaun of the Dead? Yeah. No. I thought that was, because that was like 25 grand to make that movie or something. No. Ridiculous. More than that. No, it, uh, it, um, Kevin Smith did Clerks for, I think it was forty-five or $50,000. Awesome. Between X amount of credit cards. Wow. Yeah. Okay. So that brings <laughs> us into, we're going to talk about movies and music because it is Academy Awards night. Mm -hmm. And to me, Generally, the best part of Academy Awards night is the music. Absolutely. Because most of the movies, especially this year, and it's been rough. If you're a movie fan, you've not been able to go to movies the way you'd like to. Or now they stream at home, and that's just not the same thing. Mm -hmm. It's seeing... Because wouldn't you agree, there are movies that it's okay. You can watch on your phone, watch on your TV, and you'll get the story and all that. But then there are big picture blockbusters. I'll tell you, if Avengers Endgame, I had to watch that at home, I would not be stoked. Right. <laughs> I think about the uh, first, first Jurassic Park. Oh, yeah. And hearing Rexy show up before you ever saw it, yep. and you just hear the boom, boom, and it was her footprint, and you're like, damn, was, and the whole place is jarring. Was that in THX or DTS? Do you uh, remember? That's THX. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so then... I need the phone to make that noise work. At anyway. that time, um, when Jurassic Park hit, I remember my boss at the record store, Lydia, she said, she and, and everybody at the store, they were like, oh my God, Jurassic Park, it's going to be so good. And I, of course, I had to be that guy who said, it's not going to be as awesome as Last Action Hero. And they all laughed at me. And I, I mean, I, I was like, well, I don't understand what's so funny. Like Arnold Schwarzenegger, the number one action movie star in the country. No way is this going to be better. I mean, he just came, just got off of T2. Yeah. And it turns out that I was entirely wrong. Um, but <laughs> the soundtrack, credit, on the other hand. There you go. 
big gun, ACDC, and so on and so forth. Yeah. Once, that was, and I remember when that movie came out, mm-hmm. we were at the radio station and talking to management people, they're like, oh my God, the soundtrack is killing everything else we want to put out there because yep. all of the new ads are coming from this one record and it's screwing everything else up. Alice in Chains, uh, ACDC as you referenced. Uh, there was another song on there that, that's slipping my mind, not the Tesla song. Um, it's not the Anthrax song either, but there's something on there that's, that's slipping my mind. But yeah, no, that, that uh, was, was exactly it. It was oh. a ton of big music. And, but, but it brings us to the thought of how you can see scenes in, mus- mm-hmm. or in movies mm-hmm. because of the music that's associated with them. Case in point, when you hear the opening bass line, the opening part of Aerosmith's Sweet Emotion, what comes to mind for you? See, we're, we're big fans of um, the uh, Dazed and Confused. Correct. I mean, that in that movie, they spent more money getting the rights of the music than they did on the actors. Interesting. Yeah. That was That's also... how important they knew music was to that uh, to that uh, movie. And there was um, uh, who was it? Ben Affleck. That was his debut. Well, Ben. A- well, and he... uh, Matt McConaughey. McConaughey. Yeah, that okay. was also his. And he even has a foundation named after Wooderson. Oh, no kidding. Yeah, the Wooderson Foundation. How about that? Yeah, is an homage to uh, his character in that. But oh my God, there's so many things. Whether you hear. The first line from uh, Foghat, whether you hear, I mean, there's mm-hmm. so many big schools out. You can hear the kids running through the. Yeah, getting away uh, from the school because yeah. they were about to be mobbed by the incoming senior class. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, uh, and, and, and everybody's just throwing papers wildly because for some reason that's what we did. Do you remember doing that I as well? I totally remember doing that. And I remember being encouraged to do it. Yep. Like they would come on in the announcements and say, hey, remember, it's. Last day of school, like we need to remind that. Right. But if whatever you have in your locker, just dump it on the floor. Yep. The custodial crew is here to take care of that. Really? Yep. And that's that was the thing. Here we go. Yeah. Yeah. That uh, that when uh, Mitch and um, Mitch and his friends were talking to the teacher, the teacher's name is Mr. Payne. Yes, so, it is. <laughs> so and it's like my it's like my drill sergeant said, man. Only five of you are going out there, and one of you is coming back. That's right. <laughs> there was, um, but there's that. There's also another movie at that, basically in the same year, that had a similar soundtrack. Uh, if you remember the Forrest Gump soundtrack. Oh, yeah. Another one that you hear classic music out of that right away that takes you back right. to a certain time. And what was funny about that was it went chronologically. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's always, if you go on IMDb, oh, well, this song didn't come out. They missed it by six months. It's like, come on. Suspend reality just a little bit. Remember, there's no one guy that could have been in all of these places for all of these things who've met six presidents as a result of his haphazardness. To be fair, um, if we were to uh, be one of the music people in charge of WW84, Wonder Woman 1984, I think you and I would have got all of the music on point. Sure. We would have had all of the wardrobe parts on point because there are a number of misnomers in that movie. When you oh, see, I haven't you go, seen it yet. oh yeah. So, oh, okay. for instance, uh, there's a there's this New York hardcore band called the Chromags, and okay. th- someone's wearing a Chromags t-shirt. The ba- Chromags hadn't even been formed yet. Oh, <laughs> oh. <laughs> right. Whoops. 
Yeah, I mean, that's just one of the things. So it, it kind of makes me laugh. When we go back to Last Action Hero, because I see you on the computer. Yeah, you... I pulled up Last Action Hero because there's Big Gun and there's What the Hell Have I, which is the... Uh, Alice in Chains. Alice in Chains song. Okay. Um, Remember, we are in Dave a... Dave Mustaine, Angry Again. Is Angry the Again, you... that's yeah. the one I couldn't think of. Yeah, I had a feeling that was the single that you are going Thank to. you. Yeah. Yeah, that was a big big one at Rock Radio because I remember we played the hell out of that at Z-Rock. Oh, man, did we? And then uh, that and then that carried over to to when I worked over at 104.5. Right. Mm-hmm. And then uh, there's the little-known real world by Queensryche on there. Oh, yeah. Which was a very cool song. And Queensryche is funny because they so rarely lend themselves, you know where I'm going with this, the other great Queensryche on a soundtrack. Oh, from that, that it contains one of my favorite lines in the movie when Morris Day says to uh, Ford Fairlane, man, you got to shave when you wear a dress like that and I'm not talking about your legs. <laughs> it's talking about Kari Wurr's really short dress and you like, there's a scene when she does bend over and like, it's, you're, like the camera cuts away at the last second. You're like, oh, oh. come on. Oh. Yeah, the adventures of Ford oh. Fairlane. And yeah. Uh, last, last time in yeah, last time in Paris yeah. is such a great song. That's only there, right? You're the music guy. Yeah, that's it. That's not on any album from Queensrÿche. It might be on a greatest hits record, well, but it's not okay. like a record. Like so, say for instance, Aerosmith has uh, "Chip Away the Stone," okay. and that's on the Gems collection. And when I met Aerosmith in in uh, July of '94 in Sacramento. I asked, literally had the opportunity. I said, basically, I said two quick things. I go, one, when I said to Steve Perry, I go, your daughter, Liv, Liv, she's a gem and she's beautiful. And he was like, thank you so much. She means the world to me. I go, number two, real quick, why isn't Chip Away the Stone on any other record other than the Texas Jam record? And like, you could just see him, like he was looking at me, but then he was looking through <laughs> me. And suddenly he went around the, the room and asked everybody in the band, hey guys, why don't we have Chip Away the Stone on any other record? Nobody had an answer. And he looks at me, he goes, that is a really great question. Like, nobody's ever asked us that. Whoa. Yeah. That's kind of deep. All right. Yes, and that's probably, like, in my top three favorite Aerosmith songs ever. Huh. That's, wow, that's strange that they don't have an answer for their, because they're one of those bands who have always been in control Mm -hmm. of their product way more so than most through their entire career. They always get managed and all that, but... They had the the ability to say no. We're going to do it like this, and yeah. Um, so yeah. Steven Tyler, mm-hmm. I know the. I have a really strange connection with him. Okay. So he was married up until very recently. He just got a divorce about two years ago. Wow. To a woman whose brother mm-hmm. was the other shooter on the fishing show that I did. No kidding. Yeah. Wow. She was a twin. The other twin was a girl that, or a lady that lived here in Reno. Wow. And her husband was one of the hosts on the bird hunting show that I did. Interesting. Yeah, that was all tied together. But yeah, so he would show me pictures like when he went to, what was he on, American Idol for a while? Yes. And he got to go to the finals of American Idol and yeah. he showed me his cool media badge and all that sort of stuff when that happened. Interesting. What was <clears> it, <throat> like 10 years ago or something. I but. still love that trivia though. Also, um, super weird. let's not let your wife hear this part, but I believe that is one band that she's yet to see, correct? Me too. Oh, I thought you'd seen them by now. No, never got to see Aerosmith. We were supposed to see them um, for the Get a Grip and the show in Sacramento got canceled. Wait, Get a Grip? Uh, no, no, Get a Grip, that was the Sacramento show that I was at. 
Okay. Are you thinking about the pump tour when they played? No, that was before. So I thought it was get a grip because I literally have the unused ticket. Wow. Here. Um, yeah, they were they were scheduled to play March in 1990 here in Reno with Skid Row at the Lawler Event Center. Right. And um, they actually there were two times two this Aerosmith. Would have been 94 at I thought at Arco. Mm-mm. They, they played well. The show in '94 was at Cal Expo or Cal Expo with Jackal. Right. And that was the tickets that I had that I didn't go to. Interesting. Yeah, I don't remember why or what happened. You would have seen the the conversation take place where they couldn't figure out Chip Boy the Stone. Yeah. No, you huh. were there. I didn't go. I don't. Um, okay, so there were two two fun Aerosmith stories. One um, in eighty, what year was that? Eighty eight. Uh, Aerosmith was scheduled here, and Dokken was supposed to open oh, the right. show. And sure. Dokken was in uh, was touring in support of Back for the Attack. Um, apparently, somebody in the Dokken camp came uh, fell ill like shortly about an hour before the show was to happen. And there was an announcement. I missed the show entirely. I'm just, I'm furious when I think about this. Um, I missed the show entirely. And there was an announcement made over the PA 30 minutes prior to Dawkins going on that they will not be performing. And there was, you know, like most of the room booed because a lot of people were super excited to see Dawkins. And then they followed that announcement up right away with, and Aerosmith will be playing a three-hour set tonight. And the whole place went ballistic. They made up the difference. Yes. Holy cow, good for them. And so... I'm I'm always impressed mm -hmm. with how guys can do that. I mean... And and 30 minutes later, 8 o'clock, next thing you know, Aerosmith came out, opens with toys in the attic, and the rest was foot on the pedal, pedal to the metal. Good for them. See, I think of bands at Lawler who... Should have done that. Mm -hmm. And the one that comes to my head is Guns N' Roses. Okay. And what they put us through in 1993, making us wait till what, 11 o'clock at night to Uh, finally come on? 11, 17 p.m. Yeah. And, but it brings (laughs) me to another good movie moment because that's, we've told this story before about sitting next to Coverdale and Page. Yes. Seeing Terminator 2. Yeah, yeah. And the Guns N' Roses song in the middle of that movie, which is such a cool, Mm -hmm. um, it's, it's a great placement for that song because You Could Be Mine was the only thing that had come out from Guns N' Roses in a long time at that point. Well, at that point... They'd, they'd been quiet and, for a while. And to be fair, there was a song prior to the two songs, actually two soundtrack songs from them a year prior. I'll let you let you marinate on that for a hot second. See if you can figure Jesus. it out. Yeah. 90, yeah, 91? 1990, the song was a cover. And I'm surprised you're you're not on board with this right away because you are a big fan of the of the sport NASCAR. You watch NASCAR, right? Right. I, you're talking Days of Thunder. Knocking knocking on Heaven's Door was in Days of Thunder. Really? Okay. And they okay. also did a cover of that music was done by Hans Zimmer in that. So that's fascinating. And they okay. also did a cover of Sympathy for the Devil from Interview with a Vampire. Oh wow! It was no. in the credits. Oh. Oh, fascinating. How's yeah. that grab you? And yet, are either of those on anything anywhere? No. Right. Right. Okay. Yeah. And I had forgotten all about Sympathy for the Devil. I was I was hanging out with my friend Chris the other day, and he had a bunch of songs playing randomly. We're chit-chatting. All of a sudden, the song starts playing. I'm like, who in the hell is covering the Stones? And he just looked at me like I had three heads. He goes, really? Mr. Music? Like, you don't know? And I go, I'm like, I'm totally drawing a blank. He goes, this is from like 30 years ago. I said, still drawing a blank? He goes... Guns N' Roses went, wow. wow. Huh. Okay. okay. Yeah. That's, um, that's like at the end of Demolition Man when Billy Idol comes on 
and he's doing a cover of Demoli uh, the the Sylvester Stallone movie. Yeah, we can with, use three shells. No, was it? Wait, was it three seashells in Demolition Man, or was that Judge Dredd? That was Judge Dredd. Uh, the two were the same movie, <laughs> pretty much. It's like I think they used all the same costumes and everything. Minus but that was the Wesley Snipes one. I was gonna say minus yeah. Wesley Snipes with his bleach blonde hair. Yeah, which got Rodman to do hit the beach blonde hair and went <laughs> down that path. So, but uh, but no, that at the close of that movie, uh, Billy Heidel had a really cool song that we only heard in that movie, and it was in the closing credits of Demolition Man. Interesting. Yeah. Hmm. Um, because I'm like I'm the, I'm oh, I'm thinking of the the song that's on that is the title track to the album Shock oh. to the System, but I think that's wrong. I believe it was Cyberpunk. Cy uh, uh, Cyberpunk is a record. No, the Cyberpunk was a record. I think Wasteland was the song huh. in the closing credits okay. for Demolition Man. It was just one of those weird moments where you're like, okay, how does that come about? Because uh, go ahead. I was just going to say there are other movies where they just packed in a ton of amazing stuff mm -hmm. that kind of overshadowed the music or the movie itself the second bill and ted movie yeah the, the, the bogus journey i mean it was the, the movie itself was pretty much a stiff the oh very much stiff. the soundtrack the, the soundtrack had what we both thought had a fair amount of, of decent songs yeah there's um, slaughter there's kiss there's winger faith no more there's neverland uh, Steve Vai had a song on there, Faith No More, Megadeth, I mean, Primus. That's Ooh. amazing. Speaking of Steve Vai, so April is International Guitar Month. Correct. And I host a trivia night to, uh, twice a month at the Polo Lounge. And Steve Vai was the subject of one of the trivia questions. He was part of, uh, and I have to look up the phone, um, because the question itself was, uh, it had to do with, do you remember the movie Crossroads? No. It was a guitar movie based uh, loosely, excuse me, upon uh, the life of Ry Cooder. C-O-O-D-E-R. No. Anyway, so the guitar players, let me scroll to it. Um, the, the question that I had here, Steve Vai was mentioned a moment ago. His first stint was with this legendary guitar player who died from prostate cancer in 1993. Do you know who the guitar player would be? Here's a hint. of prostate cancer in 93. Yeah, I'll give you a hint. Um, he's a legendary guitar player and his son you've seen in concert. Son I've seen in concert. Uh -huh. So are we... Um, died in 93, uh -huh. though. Uh, from prostate cancer. No. Frank Zappa. I didn't know Frank Zappa died in 93. Uh -huh. Oh, okay. Prostate cancer. And you've seen Dweezil. Right. There I've you seen, go. Right. Dweezil and Amet. How about that? Okay. All right. That's so then, deep. so then I have because okay. um, we know Steve Vai. He originated with Billy Idol, right? No, Steve Vai. Uh, he was. No, who's Billy Idol's first? Steve Stevens. Steve Stevens. Thank you. Okay. Who came from a uh, band called Warrior? Oh, <laughs> did he really? Yeah. <laughs> fighting the world. No, not, not fighting the world. No. Uh, uh, fighting for the Earth. That was okay. the song. That was their big hit. <laughs> yeah. Um, anyhow, uh, no, 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 no. I'm totally getting everything confused. Um, I was about to say, Steve Warrior Stevens was later than that. No, because... Warrior was um, uh, mid. It was after Billy Idol was on. Steve Stevens started with Billy Idol, yes. Right. But Steve Stevens did a side project with the singer from Warrior. That was uh, Atomic Playboys. Oh, okay. Because I have uh, rock trading cards mm -hmm. 
that they came out with for about an hour. Yeah. And I have like warrior cards. Awesome. Yeah. Not really, and, but okay. And then Steve also went on to go play with Vince Neil on his solo yes. record, uh, uh, the first one, Exposed, right. I think, or whatever. Yes. Uh, so I have on here, from part of the, as part of the notes, I said Steve gained notoriety in 1986 in the movie Crossroads, where he battled Ralph Macchio in a guitar duel. <laughs> Ralph Macchio <clears throat> playing the guitar? Yeah. Okay. But the, the whole thing with Steve Vai, um, it says uh, the, the first... Uh, first question I had, again, April being International Guitar Month, I said, uh, Bay Area legends Kirk Hammett from Metallica and Alex Skolnick from Testament are students of this Axe Master. Is the guitar player Steve Vai, Dave Menachetti, Joe Satriani, or Paul Gilbert? I'd say Paul Gilbert. That is incorrect. Paul Gilbert came from the L.A. band Racer X, also played oh. in Mr. Big. But right, that's where, okay. The guitar virtuoso would be Joe Satriani. Oh. All right. The surfer. Okay. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Okay. So in other, going back to the movies and yeah. how um, the, uh, we talked about Dazed and Confused. Mm -hmm. We talked about Forrest Gump. Another one that's up there that's kind of funny because there's both original music and there is music like pop or uh, classic rock music that gets thrown in is uh, Almost Famous. And Almost Famous is kind of funny that oh, way. Oh, 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 yeah. Because in Almost Famous, you have the um, the band that the movie is about, which mm -hmm. if you read about what Almost Famous is about, it's Cameron Crowe, the famous producer, got his first job at age 15 working for Rolling Stone magazine. Yeah. And it's a semi-autobiographical recount of his first season on tour wow. and they say that it's a little bit of humble pie it's a little or and a little bit of bad uh, company no um almond brothers oh wow like there's a it's like a couple of different stories all put together interesting like when the bus pulls away and leaves the lead singer behind that actually happened but it wasn't the same time that um the groupies were singing with are sleeping with the guitars. I mean, it was two different. So a couple of different band moments, or the guitarist being electrocuted on stage, that happened to a different band than the other two stories. So it was kind of a collaboration of things. But the music that goes in there, there's a ton of music, whether it's Elton John mm -hmm. or that's the one that always kind of catches my ear. But the band themselves has their own original music, which that's is always right. entertaining. Yeah. That's right, I forgot about that. Yeah, and it's kind of a weird thing, and that's a rare deal where it is just to the movie. Mm -hmm. they do, there is no band that is anywhere else. and The uh, the whole leaving the band member behind, that thing also, that, that story reminds me of um, Hawkwind, when Lemmy was in Hawkwind, okay. and they did that to him. They left him behind. <laughs> okay. And so all of a sudden he was like, hey, so is Lemmy going to show up for the gig or what? And he never showed up for the next gig, so they fired him. It was like, okay, well, you guys left me behind. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Okay. And then he started Motorhead? And then he started Motorhead. Okay. Yeah. He probably did better there. I, I am going to have to agree. Yeah. Probably did better there. Oh, um, you just referenced uh, a movie. Um, so here's another movie that uh, the soundtrack, when you hear certain songs, um, reminds me of a scene in a movie. So, for instance, um, there, are, there are like th uh, four songs I can think of that were in less than zero, that every time I hear them, hmm. remind me of the scenes from the movie. And the four songs are, um, uh, God, what is a David Lee Roth song? Um, 
I'll look it up in a second. But the, uh, the other ones that, I, that come to mind are Fire by Jimi Hendrix. Okay. You've got um, Red Hot Chili Peppers, Fight Like a Brave. As it, that, I was going to go Bengals, Hazy Shade of Winter. That's in the, that's in the movie. That's when Andrew uh, McCarthy is waking up right. to Isn't Julian. Is that what you were thinking? That's not one of the main four songs you no. think of? No, that's in the movie. That's not on the soundtrack. That's where I was going with that. Oh. Yeah. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Not on the soundtrack, but in the movie. Yeah, and then there's a oh. makeout scene with Jamie Gertz and Andrew McCarthy. Right. And that's when the David... Bump and Grind. That's the David Lee Roth song. Oh, wow. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. Oh, and, and oh, there's five. And they're in the uh, Corvette. There's five songs. Um, uh, the Doors is also in the movie, too, and not on the soundtrack. The end? Uh, no, it's... Um, I want to say L.A. Woman or... That would make sense, because it was basically... The, Set in LA. Is it LA Woman or, or, I don't know, it was one of those, but yeah. Okay. So there's, yeah, there's five songs in the movie that aren't on the soundtrack. Oh. It always puzzled me because I remember like oh. being super excited. I'm like, oh, Lesson Zero soundtrack is out. And I bought it and I went, wait a minute, where are all the songs that I just, just heard in the movie? Interesting. Mm -hmm. Oh, okay. Now I understand where you're going with that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, if you, uh, and that's happened more currently when <laughs> I, this is almost embarrassing to bring up. Titanic first came out. Okay. They put out the Titanic soundtrack. And then they put out all of the music that was actually in Titanic in a whole separate CD. Really? Yeah. Interesting. And huh. that included the, the silly things like the Irish dance scene downstairs or Scottish dance. I'm not even sure which one. Okay. I assume it's Irish because of the... The boat was Irish, but I, I know you you go on cruises and all that. But that no, movie, I don't. T well, didn't you no. used to cruise? Uh, that was like thirty years ago, right? So okay. because you used to cruise, like you have experience. Me, I'm terrified of boats because of Titanic. <laughs> okay. No lie. No, I've I've been on exactly two cruises. The first one was our honeymoon. Hey man, two more than me. Okay. And the second one was like the twin version of the exact. The first one was the whole leave from LA, go to uh, Ensenada, then out to Catalina, and then you go back to LA. Okay. Okay. It's That's pretty worthless. And then we did the exact same thing. You leave out of Miami, you go to this, uh, you go to Nassau, Bahamas, mm -hmm. then you go to their private island of something something K, hmm. which means island, okay. and then you go back to Miami. Those are the two cruises. The only thing I remember about either, well, little things, but the one thing I remember about the second cruise is, funny thing with cruises is if you're just a couple back in the day, you would get put with other tables of people. Interesting. And the first table we got seated with just one other couple, and we went the entire meal, and the people that we're sitting with never said a word. Wow. So That's... we went to the concierge and we said, can we change tables? This is kind of, if we're going to be seating, seated with people, mm -hmm. we'd like to actually have conversations. Yeah, that's them. awkward. Yeah, it was very awkward, like painful. So they're like, well, all we have is this family back at the boat or in the other part of the dining room. Are you okay? I'm like, yeah, just something different. So they're from uh, Alabama. Okay. And... They said, well, where are you guys from? And I said, Reno, Nevada. And they're like, oh, okay. And the conversation goes on. And this is, okay, keep in mind, this was 2001. All right, 20 years ago. Yeah. And they said, or two or three or somewhere, somewhere in there. Okay. And they said, well, um, well, we'd just go down to Walmart to pick that up or something like that. <laughs> and I said, really? What's that? And they're like, well, oh, yeah. Before and I the... can 
convince these people that I had no idea what Walmart was. <laughs> and they had to explain to me what Walmart was. It was fantastic. Now, and the wife sitting next to me played right along so well. Dogs. Now, to be fair, you have a history of doing this to people when they oh, least yeah. anticipate it. And you are very skilled at it. You I, I can keep a very straight face and keep in character to another level. Yes. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, this was amazing to listen to these people mm -hmm. from Alabama explain to me what Walmart was. Yeah. So, to, uh, so really, you can get diapers <laughs> and a lawnmower and milk in the same store? That's incredible. And, they were, oh, and of God. course, they're breaking it down in that southern accent of theirs. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, you had, <laughs> you had a little twang to it, and it was just and I went to I remember going back after dinner and the wife looks at me and she goes really you had to do that to him <laughs> I go, but wasn't that great didn't you always want to know how people looked at Walmart so yeah. I I know that I for a fact would have like I would have had so much trouble keeping a straight face on that oh you would have blown it out the ears you would have been trying so hard not to bust up but she was in character right along with me really god bless her god, that's fascinating so you, oh wow God bless Man, her. that place must be big. Oh my God, it's so big! And anyway, yeah. So that's that's our cruise story right there. Throw another um, movie that you can think of, say in the last fifteen years. Oh, in the last fifteen years. Yeah. I was going to say very quickly before we go moving forward, two that come to mind. First, Lost Boys, which was really weird because At it was a whole bunch of covers. Um, some covers, some not covers. Yeah, but weird covers. So, uh, well, I don't know. Um, Cry Little Sister is a song that, um, Cry Little Sister is, is, is a song that was real big, um, like in, in a cult kind of way, Yeah. but not... Um, and what else did Jared McMahon do? Oh, is Gerard McMahon? Gerard McMahon. Uh, there you go. That's nothing that I can think of. Exactly. Um, but then there's the Jimmy Jimmy Barnes uh, in excess song right. that uh, was on there, and I'm also trying to think. Roger Daltrey did "Don't Let the Sun Go Down on Me," which is kind of <coughs> weird. excuse me. Ooh, um, uh, was it Echo and the Bunnymen did "People Are Strange," right? Right. Okay. Which is kind of a fun cover. That is most um, certainly a fun cover. And "Cry Little Sister" and all that sort of stuff. Mm -hmm. all right. So, uh, and then the other one that's you you cannot talk about soundtracks and movies and moments and all that sort of stuff without talking about singles. Okay, I'm, I'm most definitely down with that. Singles was not a great movie, but the soundtrack was such a moment in time in 1992 okay. that was perfect. So, to, to, so to, to add to that, and we can go back and we can ping pong on this conversation, <laughs> to add to that, Reality Bites was also another fun soundtrack that came oh, out yeah. in the same time. Yeah. And, you know, Reality Bites had, had like Lisa Loeb, Lenny Kravitz. You've got the single soundtrack with uh, probably my... I want to say one of my top three, in fact, it is one of my top three uh, favorite Smashing Pumpkin songs on there, Mayonnaise, I oh. believe. <laughs> um, right. That's a song that, that, that is on there. Or is it, um, it's like track seven or eight, um, I think. Mother Love Bone, Soundgarden, Pearl Jam, Mud Honey, Paul Westerberg, Jimi Hendrix. Maybe it's at the end of the Screaming Trees. And Drown. Drown. Thank you. Not Mayonnaise. Drown. Mayonnaise is on the first record they did. Right. Um, Drown is, is an amazing song. I love that song. Right. Um, yeah. So that was great. Um, the, the different like scenes and stuff. In fact, I want to go back and watch singles. I haven't watched it. Because in... there's a whole bunch of people in there you don't even realize are in there. Right. <laughs> I mean, it is a uh, just looking at the, the crazy cover art. Um, 
But I'd like to look at, I'd like to, to see if I can recognize any of that. Having been to Seattle so many times right. since the first time you and I went up there in 2005, I've been up there several times over the, the course of 10 years after. Sure. And I want to... They're always going to have stuff at the public market. They're always going to have those little moments where they're sitting at, at parks and whatnot. Mm-hmm. I mean... Um, but a lot has obviously changed in 30 years. Yeah. But those areas, they kind of do a pretty good job. Like I just happened across the other day, you've got mail. Wow. Or not, no, I'm sorry, not you've got Sleepless mail. Sleepless in Seattle? The other one, Sleepless in Seattle. Okay. And they walk out of the restaurant mm-hmm. and they make a right turn and they make, and all of a sudden there's the public market right in front of them. It's the exact same as it was when we, hmm. when we were there, when I was there a few years after that. I mean- Well, for instance, and that movie's now 30 years old. So I married an axe murderer when they're having dinner <laughs> right. uh, at the Fog City Diner. It, uh, it's the same thing. Like, I, I well, see... Well, Fog City Diner's gone. Okay, but that was in the movie, though. Yeah, but in San, you mean in San Francisco? Yeah. Yeah, that whole area is not so good anymore. Oh. Yeah, you don't want to see that. It's, um, that's sad, actually. Is it destitute? Is that a fair word to say? Yeah. Okay. It's, it's uh, lots of uh, folks with uh, a traveling attitude with their current living situation. Wow. Everywhere around that part of uh, the city. Who bummer. Is, yeah. Ooh, just brought down the whole thing. Okay. Um, um, yeah, all right. Yeah. So movies that are more recent than all of this. Or anything else that might come to mind. Tron soundtrack. Uh, DeRez. So from Daft Punk in the fight scene in, in uh-huh. the bar, every time I hear that song, Ooh. I hear, yeah. I, I can see Daft Punk doing the DJ thing or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, funny you did that because that actually came to mind on the way out here. Um, That hit me. And then also another electronic music moment. Um, And you might have to Google this real quick, but the movie The Replacement Killers. Do you remember this one in 1997? Mira Sorvino. And I want to say the actor's name was Chow Yun Fat. Okay. And there's a scene when Keep Hope Alive by the Crystal Method is playing and it's like this awesome like gunfight scene in a nightclub and and it's just the music is so loud and it just paired perfectly with that moment. That's like a whole Matrix thing. Pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. Like what the Matrix tried to recreate then what two years later? Uh, They... That was 99? I thought the Matrix the first one was before Replacement Killers like shortly before. I could be wrong. I I thought Replacement Killers was like 97. No, 99. And wow, okay. Yeah. Huh. Yeah, because, and Matrix is another one that's ridiculous. Mm-hmm. With, and all of their, because they had three different movies. They got a little bit more techno y in the later ones. The first one was all about like the club scenes and all that sort of stuff when well, they're back in the city. The end of the movie, I thought, was like it was perfect for them Do-do-do. to yeah. use Rage Against the Machines Wake right. Up. Yeah. Absolutely <laughs> perfect. Right. Uh, okay. So we kind of, uh, Went pretty weird. I will end this with one last soundtrack that I cannot not think about, which is Wayne's World. Oh, man. Because that was a monster soundtrack, and that was my first date with my wife. I never got into the Tia Carrere cover of Ballroom Blitz. Oh, no, that was horrible. But it was a big... (laughs) But it's when we're talking about... Movies and Academy Awards and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. Bohemian Rhapsody was yeah. reintroduced to a whole new generation of people because of that. Yep. Uh, and they even brought in Mike Myers in in the movie. Bo- yeah. In the because oh my God, how could you not? He re-energized Queen. Yeah. Out of nowhere. Great in call. That movie. Great call. 
So yeah, nice, uh, strong closer right, right there. All right. <laughs> With that, we have no idea what our next topic will be, but we will be back next week. Absolutely. Thanks for listening.